Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, the best New Orleans Saints podcast this side of the Mississippi. We are part of Fansided and WhoDatDish.com. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. As always, we've got another great episode coming your way uh, today. So we hope that everyone here listening and everyone around the world had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. If you didn't celebrate any holidays, I hope you had a very happy Monday. As always, you know, we did because uh, besides the presents that we received, we received an amazing present from our favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. They crushed the Atlanta Falcons, and they clinched the playoff first. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So also, uh, we've been experiencing some issues with our podcast lately, guys. So we just wanted to remind you to stay up to date with everything on Twitter uh, make sure to follow us at the WDD Podcast on Twitter. Uh, right now, we've actually uh, switched over to another platform at the time being on YouTube. We've been uploading episodes there as well. So make sure you guys stay up to date with what we're uploading. So we were going to have a guest for you guys. But fortunately, due to technical issues, he couldn't make it. He will be on in a later episode. But we've still got a great episode for you guys. We're going to be discussing the Falcons game and how amazing that went. We're going to be previewing the last game of the Saints season. That's against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, uh, that's an awesome introduction for an awesome episode. So, shall we kick it off, right? I think you've got an awesome topic to... Uh, there you go. This is this is how... Uh, this is the noise I woke up to on, on, on Monday morning. Uh, because of Christmas and because of the Saints win on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just real quick about the the guest. Uh, yeah, it was Christian Catanacci of Catch the Blitz. Uh, was gonna be on the show, um, but he was down in Florida and got swept away in a storm, and he's lost forever. So we may never. No, just kidding. He had a the storm knocked out his power. He he didn't have any internet. He's good though. Uh, so it was very unfortunate that he wasn't able to join us, and we were on a lot of time constraints because I am going on vacation starting pretty much after this podcast episode is recorded. Uh, I'll be down in uh, California Disneyland, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. But um. Uh, really thank you guys for listening in and tuning yeah, in uh, today. Let's jump into it. Falcon Saints Week 16 Review. It was the matchup watched around the world, run the NFL world this past Sunday, as our New Orleans Saints hosted bitter rival Atlanta Falcons. The Saints were able to avenge their Week 14 loss against the Falcons. You guys remember that? That 20-17 that um, momentum-changing loss. Saints yeah. win in Week 16, 23-13. The win... Clinched a playoff berth for the Saints, and that is their first playoff berth since 2013. It's been a long time yeah. coming. A lot of 7-9 and nine jokes, but we are officially a playoff-bound team down here in New Orleans. Uh, cool. Everybody is ecstatic. Came on Christmas Eve. The Dome was absolutely rocking, uh, and it was very exciting. It's great to avenge that loss. Quick stats. Um Drew Brees was 21 of 28 for 239 yards, one touchdown, one pick, sacked once for a loss of 10 yards. His QBR was 59.4, and his uh, passer rating was 97.2. Mm-hmm. Marking Ingram, 13 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that great 26-yard touchdown, which we'll get to in a little bit. Alvin Kamara, 12 carries for 32 yards. Um, Ted Ginn Jr. had a couple of carries. He also led the team in receptions with four for 76 yards. Michael Thomas, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. also had a touchdown. He, he had that uh, 54-yard bomb from uh, Drew Brees. Yep. 
there to end the second quarter. Michael Thomas, four catches, 66 yards, continues a very impressive Pro Bowl year, and then Kamara with seven catches for 58 yards. Um, the only turnover that we had was that interception, and we were also able to force um, two fumbles as well as actually, I think I think the and as well as an interception from from Matt Ryan. Uh, Craig okay. Robertson led the team in tackles with ten. Marcus Williams right behind with six. Ken Crawley with five. Ken Crawley also had two pass deflections. Marshawn Lattimore had an interception and four pass deflections to go along with five total tackles. Tyler, game was yeah. fantastic. Obviously for Saints fans, great to watch. For Falcons fans it, who we don't know. care about, it was it, it hurt them to watch. Um, how was New Orleans able to pull off the victory? Obviously, very simple okay. question. What were the keys to this win? Okay, I've got a couple. So, obviously, the Dome was rocking. As we said, that was obviously a huge factor. The Saints treated this game like a playoff game. You know, yes. obviously, this was, like we mentioned in previous episodes, if there was one game that the Saints absolutely needed to win, it was this game, and they did it. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Dome was rocking. Everybody was feeling it. Everyone, everyone was having a good time. That helped the Saints. And another thing, they played smart. You know, obviously they had that one turnover. But other than that, they played pretty smart. They didn't have really any major penalties that went against them. I remember, I think their uh, their defense was, they didn't commit any penalties the first half of the football game. Obviously that helps. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously it was a momentum kind of game. You know, like this is uh, this is a game that the Saints knew what they needed to do, and they knew what they were facing, and yeah, they took control of it, and uh, let's just say, here's a good metaphor for it, Dayton. The Saints decked the Falcons' halls. There we go. It wasn't so pretty, There though. we go. No, yeah. very, very nice play on words. I like that. I, I like you? that a lot. So, I, <laughs> I, I think overall, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head when you said this felt like a playoff game. The Saints treated this yeah. like a playoff game. The Dome was rocking. Uh, the Saints gave out, I believe, free towels and T-shirts to the fans that yeah, were at did. the game uh, to 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 give that playoff environment, uh, and and it, and it showed. It helped out. Uh, Falcons didn't score a touchdown until very late in the fourth quarter. Saints had two goal line stands, and one of them came off of that Drew Brees interception. Uh, Deion Jones just has Brees' number. That'll be interesting he to does. see if that happens again if we end up playing them in the playoffs, which we'll talk about uh, in just a little bit. But um, yeah, so after that interception. Deion Jones is down at the you know two or one yard line. That's where the Falcons' offense starts, and they still stop them and, and don't let them get a touchdown. Um, and then, yeah, again, the Falcons didn't score until late in the fourth quarter. Bad coverage on that, but again, if you're playing some sort of prevent defense, there's going to be holes. Uh, so you know, again, that 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 was just a garbage time uh, touchdown by the by the Falcons. Just a dominating mm-hmm. win by the Saints. Uh, I think that they had advantage in almost every area aspect of the field, and you could see it. Um, they, they they won the trenches on on both sides of the field. Uh, offensive line and defensive line did great. Uh, Devontae Freeman finally did not score a touchdown against the Saints. That was awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, the the overall key uh, to me was limiting Atlanta's weapons um, and 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 adding into that playoff vibe. The Saints stepped up to the occasion. Uh, not only did they play like it was a playoff game, they played as if their season was was almost on the line. And it yeah. kind of was. They they hadn't clinched anything yet. And if you lose this game, you know, Carolina uh, is going to win. And, and, and you're tied with Atlanta and your game back from, from Carolina. That's 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 kind of scary. Scary position to be in from, yeah. you know, you talk about 
uh, falling from grace. That that would be ridiculous. But in terms of shutting down um, Atlanta's weapons, again, Freeman, 11 carries, 36 yards. Decent, nothing huge. Uh, Tevin Coleman had six carries for 12 yards. That was promising. No rushing touchdowns by any of those guys. Coleman did have the receiving touchdown. Now, Julio Jones, seven catchers, 149 yards. He had 11 targets. Uh, that was the Falcons' offense for, for most of the day was Julio Jones. Um, other than that, though, Mohamed Sanu was only limited to 31 yards. Uh, Tyler Gabriel only had a catch. Uh, Devontae Freeman had two catches. Hooper, their tight end, who who can create mismatches. Thanks to Manti Teo stepping up and all that linebacking course, stepping up in the absence of A.J. Klein, uh, they were able to limit him to three catches for 18 yards. So I, I was just overall impressed. I think that that was the key, and um, they were able to pull it off because of how uh the the momentum and the intensity you know making it seem like it was a playoff game really really helped this team out um let's talk about real quick the penalties uh that was a pretty big controversy in this team's first matchup uh together the saints and the falcons back in week 14 um and this week it was also controversial uh i'm gonna pull up pull pull up the stats real quick uh, for, for for penalties so do you the, want me to add the, a bit while you're doing that? The Falcons had 10 penalties for 91 yards. Saints had three penalties for 30. So obviously it, yeah. it, it's a, it's lopsided. The, the Saints definitely won that. It evens out the previous game, but I don't I don't know if these penalties still equal an, an Atlanta win. Uh, I know one of the penalties against the Saints was picked up. That was a pass interference on Marshawn Lattimore against Julio Jones. Which if you, if you look at the replay, I mean, it, 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 I, I I do think it was pass interference so we got lucky that the flag was picked up but mm-hmm. tyler would you agree that obviously it was lopsided n- numbers don't lie but isn't that making the series even then because of what happened in week 14 um i see i don't know when i when i think about the penalties i don't really think about like everything being even i just think about how the saints were in a matter of so many days able to you know really um really make everything more intricate and really, you know, simplify what they were trying to do. Obviously, penalties uh, can play a big part in either on either side of the ball, you know, for a team, especially in almost like a playoff game kind of scenario like this. And I, I think I remember Sean Payton, like, saying something about how, yeah, like, they were very impressed about the penalties, you know, like how the Saints didn't commit many and how it was a big thing that they talked about. It was a big thing that they discussed especially considering they had more time to prepare against the Falcons this time and how they were able to, um, you know, really uh, hunt down or track down all the miscommunications, the errors. or I, I don't know if I'd really be so inclined to say it makes everything even now. I, if I just had to give my two cents, I'd be happy that they're heading the right direction, at least when they play the Falcons this time that they, you know, that they... They didn't make so many errors, mental errors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but, you do, yeah, you, you do have happy. to give credit to the Saints for staying disciplined. And, and I do think that – I think the refs called the game it, it, definitely not 100% fair, but I don't think it was totally in favor of the Saints. I just think, again, like you said, the Saints came out more disciplined and prepared uh, than yeah. the Falcons did, uh, which, which is awesome to see out of such a young team that we are. That's what's tripped us up uh, in these losses. You look at it against the Rams – we had injuries. Young guys had to step up, uh, but we, we we again saw that in this game with 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 Manti Teo stepping up yeah. in place of AJ Klein. Um, yeah, yeah, he he was fantastic. Uh, let's let's talk about schematic matchups affecting the game. 
Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, even though, again, Julio Jones had a big day, he is still matching up pretty well against the bigger receivers, uh, against yeah. the, these tall, lengthy guys. Uh, he handled his own, for the most part, uh, in Minnesota. That was Devonta Harris getting burned. Even in, in, um, And then from that point on, minus the New England game, he has been fantastic against larger receivers. Mike Evans for Tampa Bay. Uh, Calvin Benjamin, the first time we played uh, the Panthers. He, he's just able to match up so well against these guys because of his technique. Um, and, and when I'm watching this game as well, I thought that this could have even been more of a blowout. If we gave more carries to Kamara that went outside of the tackle box, mm-hmm. if they ever went outside of the tackles, I think he could have broke one off. And we could have had a touchdown earlier and, and a much bigger lead. What did you think overall when, when you looked at these these matchups that happened? Um, I don't know. I, obviously, I like the Lattimore one. You know, like I think, you know, let uh, Jones being a relatively young player, Lattimore, you know, still, you know, this is his first year in the league. That's going to be a great matchup for years to come. Lattimore, you know, he's pretty locked down. He, he hasn't given up a touchdown yet to Jones. He gives up chunks of yards occasionally, but for the most part, if you were just to look at the stats, um, I, you would be fooled, you know, because the stats don't show everything. And for the most part, when uh, Julio is being guarded by Lattimore, Lattimore pretty much shuts him down. But here's uh, a, a schematic matchup I wanted to uh, point out. Sheldon Rankins versus the, um, there we the go. Falcons online. Yeah. yeah, the dude's a beast. I remember one play where I think, I forget which receiver, maybe it was Jones, I think it was Jones, like, broke off and almost could have, like, had a touchdown. But then you see Sheldon Rankins, like, running up and uh, uh, yeah. making a dive. Yeah, man, like, Sheldon Rankins versus the Falcons O-line is, like, really underappreciated, you know? Like, uh, yeah. the Falcons, for the most part, have a pretty decent O-line. And then you see this big man, Sheldon Rankins, come in and he just devours it, you know? He, like, oh, man, he's awesome. And I, I love seeing Sheldon Rankins play, especially when it comes to, um, Division rivals like the Atlanta Falcons. How about you, though? Yeah, yeah. Rankins, Rankins is, is is super awesome, uh, and and we, Very awesome. I think we tend to forget that uh, we we went into the season without Nick Fairley, who we had signed in the mm-hmm. off season. So Sheldon Rankins has really had to step up his game this year. Uh, he, he did he did pretty good limited during his rookie season, and he's only been filling his role even more so. Uh, and uh, like, imagine if we had Nick Fairley healthy with us. Like, uh, imagine how, how uh, this defensive line is already good, hundred percent healthy. Now you got Okafor down. Uh, we lose Fairley during There's the season. So Trey Hendrickson goes down. Now we put uh, Kikaha on on IR, which we forgot to mention at at the beginning of the show. But yeah, Kikaha is on IR, and we signed Tony McDaniel, designated him and Edibali uh, and and Edibali. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, old dude. But yeah, so so yeah, I, I think I think Rankins has just been kicking some serious ass this year, and, and it's very impressive. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know. There. I know. Um, so uh, I, I just want to go over kind of the the th- this game was just so interesting because we opened up the game. It was just a very defensive battle. Saints had two really good drives, but we only got field goals out of them. So you, watching this game, yeah, I think a lot of people thought the Saints were just leaving points on the board, and that could have spelled our doom. Luckily, we were able to recover with that Ted Ginn 54-yard pass uh, touchdown reception from from Drew Brees. That was fantastic. That really kicked off the momentum. I mean, we were up 13 to nothing at halftime, and yeah. it's, a, it's a defensive slugfest, and we obviously have the better defense. It was very exciting. And then, you know, the third quarter comes, again, kind of a defensive battle. 
Falcons get a field goal, and we answer seven minutes later with a touchdown. That really, really – I mean, at that point, there's no way Atlanta's winning that game. It's 20-3 to in the in the fourth quarter, and then, um, of course, we, we only got a field goal in, in the fourth quarter. Would have loved to score a touchdown to really capitalize it all. Uh, but I think that was a very dominated win. Who are you giving the game ball to? And, oh, yeah. And, and, and um, overall, what does this do for the momentum of the team? Um. I, okay. Who I give the game ball to? I uh, I, I give it I give it to the uh, defensive players. I split it three ways. I give it to Sheldon Rankins. Unappreci- he's an unappreciated beast. I give it to Manti Teo because I believe he forced the fumble against um Freeman or yeah he, Freeman. He at least recovered it. Yeah, one of those two. Uh, he was a beast that game. He's been underappreciated. He's been very consistent the last uh, few games. He's been really helping us especially considering we've had other players injured and stuff. Then I give it to Marshawn Lattimore because of two words, butt pick. But, but, butt pick. Yes, that butt pick was was fantastic. Play, Made my play of the season. Play of the season. for. And the craziest thing about that is Lattimore was – if that, that, that throw was pretty good. I think if it was, like, slightly better, and obviously if Hall is able to actually catch it like an NFL wide receiver should – I think that's yeah. a touchdown. Lattimore was Oh, beat. yeah, because Lattimore fell down. Latt- I mean, Marcus Williams was there. He might have been able to make... But if, if Hall catches that... I mean, Lattimore was beat on that play. So, very fortunate that uh, it j- he just dropped the ball in it and it landed gracefully on on uh, Marshawn Lattimore's backside. And, and that was fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not splitting this game ball three ways because it's a singular game ball, uh, yeah. Tyler. Uh, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's but okay. I'm giving it to Manti Teo. I think he he deserves it. He, you talked yeah, about it. He, he was able to step up with AJ Klein being down. He had some huge plays, and he manned the middle of the field like a seasoned veteran, which he is. I mean, we we yeah. obviously he's been in the league for a while, but we sometimes forget yeah how much of a veteran he is. He's, he's you, with, with the Chargers and whatnot. But yeah, he he looked very impressive out there uh, with the, with the helmet. With the radio helmet and, and giving out signals and, and everything, and I, I really liked his play. Uh, the intensity is, is exactly what we need. So obviously there there might be a rematch with these two teams. Falcons could secure the six seed next week with a win, and the Saints could the secure the three seed with a win and a loss by the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So that's the point. Yep. And that's the only way we'd be able to play the Falcons uh, if that ends up happening. But the Falcons lose and the Seahawks win. Uh, then the and, and the Saints lose somehow. We would be or no, sorry. If, yeah, if we won, we'd be the three going up against the Seahawks six. Uh, and yeah. then the other matchup is us four Panthers five, which I think is the most likely. So I think most likely we're going to be rematching with the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But anything else you want to say about the game before you take us to break? Uh, uh nothing much. Um, I just uh another. Tidbit, I think it's really funny how Lattimore was still able to bring that ball in, considering how Marcus Williams yeah. just about had his hands on it. He was trying to recover it. Craig Robertson, I believe, just about yeah. had his hands on it. He tried to recover it, and somehow Lattimore like bent his leg back and like yeah. grabbed the ball and secured it. I was like, what? And, I think, oh I think, my gosh, I think, man. I think Marcus Williams kind of helped out with that, though. He kind of helped keep the ball in place. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I think him coming over and kind of being alert that it's right there and keeping it kind of in that area, on, and at least on Lattimore, yeah, it, it helped Lattimore a lot. Yeah, it it was insane though. That made my year. Great that play. made my Christmas. I loved all this, the same stuff I got, but that was like the best thing of all. I have so yeah. many screenshots and photos from that from that experience. But um, awesome. 
Yeah, so let's take a quick break, guys. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the Saints' last game of the season. Is this going to be another win, or do the Buccaneers have something that the Saints need to be uh, a close eye out for, you know? And, um, yeah, so it'll be uh, about a minute for you guys. It'll be about three seconds for us. So, yeah, stay tuned. All right, guys, we are back, and we've got another amazing uh, topic to discuss here, guys. So, that is our second topic of the night. That is going to be the Saints Buccaneers Week 17 preview, of course. So, the Saints are wrapping up their season. It was a very spectacular season, of course. I, I know, Dave, you probably agree on the other end here. You were shocked by the outcome of this year, right? I, yes, I absolutely 100% was incredibly shocked by how well this team is doing. Yeah, me too. But, um, so, the Buccaneers who lost to the Saints 30-10 to in Week 9... Uh, they are actually home this uh, next week, this upcoming Sunday, when they uh, play the hopeful NFC South leaders, the Saints. If we win this game, we are the NFC South division leaders. Hopefully that happens. Champions. So, and hopefully either Atlanta beats Carolina or Carolina beats Atlanta. But the Buccaneers right now are 4-11. Uh, most likely their head coach and GM might be fired. Who knows? But things haven't been going pretty their way. But, yeah, so uh, let's kick it off. So what do you think, Dan? Um, what would you say are the keys on both sides of the ball for the Saints to win this game and finish the season 12-4 instead of 11-5? and So I, th- I think the key on offense is going to be uh, containing Gerald McCoy. He's going to his sixth mm. – or, or Gerald McCoy. Uh, he's going to his sixth straight Pro Bowl. Very impressive. He's one of the best defensive linemen uh, in the league, He and he's consistently been playing well. Um, so if we're able to contain him, obviously in the pass game and also in the run game, because we can gash teams. We're still averaging over 130 yards uh, rushing per game, uh, and that's thanks to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, both both Pro Bowlers. Um, so so if we're able to contain him and and, and let those holes open up, um, I, so I'm looking out for like guys like Andrews, Pete, Larry Warford, Max Unger, uh, Ryan Ramchek to 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 make those gaps and help keep McCoy away from whoever has the ball in their hands uh, and obviously protect Drew Brees at all costs because that's really important. Um, as far as on um, defense, defense, I, I yeah. think overall it's just the, the way – I'm going to go two keys on defense. Obviously it's going to be how well our cornerbacks play because this team is fourth in the NFL in passing yards per game, 10 yards more than the Saints, uh, and the Saints are fifth in the league for, for passing yards per game. So it's going to be cornerback play, but it's also going to be what kind of coverages Dennis Allen runs. Uh, because, you know, if you go zone, you're mm-hmm. going to leave some holes open, and, and that's exactly what Jameis Winston likes. He, he can fit it into those windows. If you play man-to-man, you risk getting beat, but I think our cornerbacks have enough talent uh, to go man-to-man. It all depends on if the linebackers are going to be able to cover guys like um, – uh, uh, my bad. Totally forgot Pretty his good. name. They're um, – Mike Evans? No, no, well, no, no, no. For our uh, their their tight end. I don't know. Yeah, tight end. that's all I know. It's uh, my bad, man. He he's actually a really <laughs> good player. Um, um, but you're not that good if we don't know you. No, <laughs> he's 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 really good. Um, it's okay though. Oh, um, obviously. So OJ Howard is gonna be one on one. Oh, there you go. And yeah, um, the young guy. Yeah, but I I I was thinking of the white guy. <laughs> I was thinking of the their white tight end. But uh, yep, can't find can't find his name. I, I think it's like Gary Barnage or something like that. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Gary Barnage. But uh, anyway, so so that's gonna be interesting to see if our linebackers are gonna be able to match up one on one with those uh very talented tight ends. What do you think, Tyler? 
Um, there you go. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said there. You know, I think despite the record, the Buccaneers can be very scary at times, and they they play us pretty tough. You know, anytime mm-hmm. it's a division game, they they play us pretty tough. But yeah. um, okay, on offense, I think you need to get Tron Armstead back. Yeah, I, I saw something I think for the year that he's only played fifty five percent of like the total snaps, the starting snaps throughout the year. So obviously that isn't great. And he was on the injury report, as I, I believe either today or a couple days ago. Excuse my um, lack of knowledge, but uh, he didn't practice. So hopefully we get him back and he's good to go. But, yeah, that would be my offensive one. On the defense, I think it comes down to injuries, too. I okay. think you've got to generate some more pressure for um, uh, for Cameron Jordan. You know, obviously they the Saints aren't starting LK Mohamed because they don't think he, you know, is ready. Uh, sometimes they put him on the roster. Sometimes they don't. I, they re-signed Kasim Adabali. Hasn't been with the team in a while. He's been around the league a little bit uh, because obviously I guess we lost um, Holy Kikaha to injured reserve. I think it was an ankle injury. Thank goodness it wasn't the knee. But um, yeah, uh, you know it, it's just tough right now because I think right now we like the Saints are dropping like flies and like a part of me is like. Look, we've made the playoffs. Hopefully, our offense will get us there and get us to the Super Bowl. But the thing is, like, the reason why we've done so well is because of most of the time our defense has been relatively healthy to get us through these games where we haven't given up more than 20 points a game for the most part. Right. And now you figure we have lost so many people. We've lost Vaccaro. We've lost Klein. Man, like I, I'm yeah. just worried. One of these days, it's gonna be either Lattimore, Crawley, Sheldon Rankins, or Cameron Jordan. Knock on wood. You Hopefully know? not. Yeah. But hope, like, I'm scared, man. That's that's the only thing that's getting me. And the reason why I say the defensive ends is because I would almost like to see, almost like um, I can't think of a good word to describe. Almost like like a a, a box check offer. You know, like a check off my box for the Saints. To see, like, okay, despite these injuries, the Saints can still generate a good amount of pressure. Like a checklist, think, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly, a checklist. I think, you know, um, football games are one of the trenches. And if you have a really good defensive line, that helps things a lot. And with all these injuries, it's making things tough for the Saints. So uh, my thing is for you, the main thing for the game is to just generate some pressure. But what do you think, uh, Dan? Let's, I want to ask you the next question. Uh, let's see. Do you think the Bucks will be playing with passion, or do you think they're just going to be really miserable? They're going to be uh, uh, like a shadow of, of what the Buccaneers used to be. They're a four eleven team. And they don't have much hope left. What do you think? Do you think they're going to be a really, you know, empowered, uh, passionate team that wants to like really like knock the Saints, or do you think they're not going to have much left to them? Uh, it all depends on if if they how much they value playing at home, how, how much they how much these players you know value these fans, and how packed the stadium will be. Because if this game was in New Orleans, the crowd would be rocking, and the the Buccaneers would, would not be able to generate any passion or momentum. But now that they're home, got their fans behind them, you know, if they truly believe in that and they truly want to go out with the bang, and they you know they care about that stuff, then they'll be playing with passion. So this is gonna be interesting to see um, how raucous the crowd if, crowd is. But if it's not, it'll feel like almost pretty much like a neutral field for the Saints yeah. and, and it won't be anything so because I'm expecting this game to be a blowout so uh, I, I don't think the Buccaneers will be able to generate anything that gets the back I mean they are they are passionate they played very passionate last week against Carolina and they kept it really really close uh and against division rivals no matter who 
who or what position you are in, you should always play hard against your division rivals. And I think uh, uh, Tampa Bay will will do that. But, you know, you saw Jameis Winston lose his cool on the sideline last game uh, at the referees. Mm -hmm. Something like that could happen. They're passionate. But uh, sometimes in, in in the wrong areas. So uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm, I don't think they're gonna be that passionate, honestly. Uh, it's funny, uh, you know. We talk about passionate teams. After this win against Atlanta, I can almost see the Saints, you know, um, being super passionate. I, I don't know if the Buccaneers are gonna be. To be quite honest with you, you know, they besides a last season, you know, last game of the year win. If they do win, they wouldn't really be fighting for much. You know, if anything. I think if the Saints were in the Buccaneers situation in 4-11, I'd almost start, uh, sit, sit the starters and lose another game so you get a better draft uh, draft pick. But um, I think the Saints are going to be really passionate. You know, yeah. I think, you know, they just won what feels like the biggest game of the year for that team, and they're getting ready for the playoffs, you know? And, like, they haven't been back in so long. Cameron Jordan is obviously excited. He, you know, he's been really you know, anxious about getting back in the playoffs and showing teams what he's made of. Drew Brees, who hasn't been in the playoffs in what feels like forever, right. is finally going to be able to show, you know, all these other not-as-good quarterbacks what he's made of, you know, and I think the Saints are passionate. Now, if the Buccaneers are passionate, that's a different story. But, oh, yeah, by the way, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a blowout. But speaking of that, what is your score prediction for Week 17? Wow. Saints Final regular season of the game. Been a yep. fantastic road um, with you, man, on this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, final yeah. regular season score prediction of our first season here at the Huda Dish podcast. Very, very, very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> uh, Saints will stomp all over the Buccaneers. And and, and I think Doug, Doug Cotter, head coach, he, he'll be fired before they even get, Be on, gone. Before they even get back home. Uh, it, like right after the game, he'll, they'll just pull in my logger and say, Doug, you got, you just gotta, yeah. you gotta go, you gotta go pack your stuff, man. You gotta, you just, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't come back here, man. It's dangerous around these <laughs> what parts. What do you mean? So, uh, 38 to 13 saints are going to win. Oh my God. I think it's going to be an absolute, I, I really do. And I, I, I'm hoping for now. I still won't be surprised if the Buccaneers actually do play us really hard and it turns into yeah. a close game, but I, I, I'm expecting a blowout. What do you think? What do you, what's your score, man? The reason why I said, oh, my gosh, that literally uh, a minute ago I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah. I know they're going to blow them out, but what's the score going to be? Right. I was literally thinking 38 to 13. So it's ditto. It's a good blowout number. Likewise. It's a good blowout yeah, number. Good... I like it. I like it. It's a 25-point it's a, it's a, a win. That's like three touchdowns and uh, two safeties. And that's, you know? like, like that's a fantastic margin of victory. It uh, really is. Wow, man, that was crazy. So don't have any guests, don't have any bonus questions again on, on time constraints. Actually, so, I've got one thing, if we've got a little time. Uh, Two minutes, let's do it. Okay, it I just wanted to, uh, for the fans at home, quickly, Um, how about we talk about for a little bit um, just about, you know, the playoff seating and who the Saints could possibly face, because I know right now there's a lot of controversy with um the Rams. They're going to be starting, uh, sitting their starters, and that means they, if they do, in fact, lose... Uh, against the 49ers and the Saints win, we'll be the third seed. But the thing is, though, if we're the third seed, we will end up playing the Minnesota Vikings if we make it really far into the playoffs. And the Vikings are a tough team versus the Eagles if we're the fourth seed. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that, that would be very, very interesting. Uh, I think 
I don't know. That's interesting that the Rams are sitting their starters, uh, but I, yeah. I guess it makes sense. I I, th- I honestly kind of think the Saints should should almost do the same and just kind of sit a majority of our guys. Um, well, we need to win the division. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. You're right. We haven't locked up a yeah, duh, duh. Of course they wouldn't rest. Uh, that's so that's still crazy that we haven't that we haven't yeah. clinched the division. But um, it's, it's gonna be crazy too. I don't know. I. I I would much rather play the Panthers than the um, uh, Seahawks the or the Falcons uh, in the first round. So I'd rather get the four in that case. But also I I don't know I I think yeah I'd, I'd rather get the four just because I'd rather play the Eagles than the Vikings. In all honesty, yeah. I'd rather play the Eagles and the Vikings in the, uh, the second round. Yeah, in, in, in the in the divisional round. There you go. I it's funny. Uh, really quick, I disagree. Oh, I don't disagree. I have a different opinion. I w- just for the fact of the sake how the playoffs work is, uh, if you have a lower seed, you go to the higher seed. It always works like that. If the Saints get to third seed, play the Vikings. You know, obviously with everything going their way, they beat the Vikings in Minnesota. Then you know because the Eagles aren't a very good team right now. Whoever beats them, that means that the Saints are going to have the highest seed left. Everyone has to go to New Orleans, and that isn't going to be fun. So how cool would that be to see the New Orleans Saints host the NFC Championship? I think that would be dope. Who do you think would be? Do you think the the Rams would beat the Vikings? Uh, well, I think. Uh, like, oh, sorry, sorry, so, sorry. Do you think? My bad. Do you think the Rams would beat the Eagles? Yeah, I think okay. the Rams beat the Eagles, and the okay. Rams come to uh, come to the Saints for the NFC Championship. Okay, I like that. That's that's I I I I see I see that happening. We get our revenge. Sure. I see that yeah. happening. Absolutely, I could see us. Yeah, I could definitely see us matching up. In there. I could see us matching up against Philadelphia too. I think that Nick Foles is 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 doing really good for that squad. Their secondary is is very questionable, but they're yeah. they're still a really talented team. So I could see that. But um, that's all the time that's we have it. for you guys today yep. for this episode. We wanted to obviously again wish you a ha- uh, Merry Christmas. We hope it was a uh, very happy holiday season for you, and we wanted to wish you a Happy New Year's as well. Twenty eighteen is just upon us. Goodbye, twenty seventeen. You've been. Yep. You've been something, uh, but, yeah, but we're, been something. we're excited to welcome in 2018. Obviously, 2017 has been very kind to the Saints, so we thank you for that. Um, Tyler, world-famous yep. sign-off last time for, uh, I guess, before a uh, regular season game. Yeah, so you want me to do our social media, you know, uh, time? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. So make sure to follow us on Twitter, guys. You can follow Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. You can follow our official who that dish podcast account on twitter at the wdd podcast you can follow who that dish on facebook just search that you can follow um you can follow us just about everywhere these days but uh specifically itunes and blog talk radio just search the who that dish podcast and even look on youtube now in case things aren't uploaded just search the who that dish podcast we have a couple videos there of podcasts that have not been uploaded to BTR yet, Blog Talk Radio. So check those out. And this podcast will either be most likely either on YouTube or BTR, maybe both. But yeah, uh, thanks is 2017. You know, let's welcome 2018. <laughs> I am so excited for the new year. Obviously going to be spending it uh, in Disneyland. So that's going to be awesome. But again, yeah, 2017, very kind to the Saints. Very, very crazy year. But uh, overall, it was good, and we're still here, and we're still doing this podcast, and and we're very thankful for that, and we're very thankful for you listening. So, again, Happy New Year. Hope you had a, a fantastic holiday season from our family to yours. Thank you. 
for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Who dat?